shine light on, we shouldn't be envious and jealous of people. We should lead with love and we should lead with wanting to make every opportunity that you have on this earth better. Inform, inspire, and evolve. Welcome to Creating Community for Good, a podcast dedicated to philanthropy, the love of humankind. Join host Lindsay Simons in a friendly conversation about contributing to good as we bring together community, positivity, and energy to the business of generosity. Welcome your host, Lindsay Simons. Hey, friends at Creating Community for Good podcast. This is Lindsay Simons. And I just had a very interesting interview with Troy Alexander. He's the founder of Troy Skincare. And I met him on the beach actually randomly just the other day. And we instantly connected. You'll hear more about our connection in the podcast to come. Also, this is a really nice tie into the last episode with Delia Tejada, where we're talking about young men who go into the prison system and what happens when they come out. So he did about two years of prison time and he's changed his life's trajectory ever since then when he was a young kid. So today he talks about the skincare line and how the habits that he's hoping to instill on others basically through this all organic natural skincare is hoping to shape and change the behaviors and belief systems that men in particular have every day. So Troy Alexander didn't start living his truth until he became clean about his past, as he says it. The brand represents an opportunity for all men to step up and to start living better, being better and doing better. Troy's prison number appears on each product to remind himself and others that coming clean can lead to personal freedom. This is one that's very profound. We definitely talk about life lessons and mentality and belief systems and race relations. But then we do get into business also and talk about what are the differences between raising money for a private company like his versus a nonprofit like most of the work that I do. So there's some interesting comparison, contrasting, and some strategies that are discussed here. Plus, I did challenge him to join the 1% pledge, which is where he would commit 1% of his proceeds to go to a nonprofit. He said he committed to it on the spot. And as I'm recording this intro, he sent me the deck. So he's going to make the edit and make it happen today. So listen now and let me know what you think. Thank you. What's going to happen on your 45th, Troy? You know, I'm not sure. I just really want to just sit back and just reflect, you know, and thank God for seeing 45 years of life. I I just, I I can't believe it. I thought when I was a young kid, I would have been dead a long time ago. Wow. You know, I am really interested in hearing more about you and your philosophy and the Troy skincare line. I was reading that on the back of the bottles, you have the prison count. Tell me more about it. First of all, it's great to read about the product, but you're going to have to send me some samples. Yes, I will, my dear. I got you covered. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tell me about that. And what does that, why did you do that? Where are you coming from? So, you know, a little bit about me. I was, I was a journalist. Um, I wrote for Forbes. I wrote for New York times. I wrote for details all about luxury lifestyle for men. And I had the opportunity to travel the world doing that, which was really incredible. And I started to consult with a lot of luxury brands, Bentley, Range Rover, Jaguar, to name a few, because a lot of these multinationals do not know how to target people that look like me, and they still don't. And then I had the opportunity to consult with Simrise. And if you're in the beauty space, Simrise is one of the second largest flavors and fragrance house in the world. 
and I sat on their advisory board. So that was my true introduction into beauty. And from there, I shot a campaign with them in Germany and Paris. And I was also their digital face for two years. So I like to say I modeled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would say so for two years. That's pretty good. And so again, that was my introduction into beauty. And, you know, I've always, ever since I was a young kid, I've always wanted to build something. I never really wanted to work for anyone. That was always my whole thing. And through the experiences of all of that, I began to see that no one was speaking to straight men in beauty and no one was speaking to straight men in fashion when I was a journalist. And I combined the two and I was like, wow, there's a massive white space. So this was three years ago. And so I got together with my business partner, Melanie, and we used to spend time in her Gramercy Park apartment and really kind of like flush this out and really kind of dive in to see if there is an opportunity, if this was a market. And then we had the intuition to go to Seoul Korea. And if you know anything about Seoul Korea, Seoul Korea is the mecca of skincare. And we spent nearly a month there purchasing everything, just getting our hands on anything we could get our hands on. And we continued to do some competitive benchmarking. And we went to London, we went to Paris, we went to, you know, all around Asia, went to Africa and really saw that this was a viable opportunity for us. And then we had the intuition again, because she was on the forefront of this whole clean beauty movement. And we knew the clean beauty movement was in Los Angeles. So three years ago, we packed up our stuff and moved to Los Angeles and, you know, set up our company here and started to build out our team, you know, and, you know, one of our team members passed away. His name was Andrew Burko. His father owns the Soho houses and the, 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 the Nomad Hotels and the Ned Hotels and a slew of other things. And Snoop Dogg's son is one of our co-founders. We have Gwyneth Paltrow's dentist is one of our advisors. We have the doctor to the Saudi King and Prince is one of our advisors. One of my mentors is the chairman of Citigroup, and he's one of our advisors as well. And we have a slew of people that really saw that this was a viable opportunity. And, you know, we have our CFO, Martin, who's president of a division of Mitsubishi Financial Group. So we've really amassed a diverse, incredible team because they believed in the vision. But throughout all of this, you know, my business partner was always telling me, you know, Troy, you want to build this community for men, but you're not living in your truth. And our whole brand and our whole mission is about men coming clean and being better versions of themselves. And it starts with me. And so when I was a young kid, you know, I went to prison for two years and that changed the trajectory of my life. And for some men, you know, it may be, you know, losing their job, maybe going through a divorce. But for me, it was prison. And our whole brand and our whole mission is about helping men come clean, be better versions of themselves. And if you look at our packaging, You know, we decided to put the prison number on the back of our packaging because, you know, you can turn a negative and make it a positive. And so that's long lasting. And every time you see that number, you understand the significance of that. You understand that someone experienced that number and you can take that negative and make it into a positive. And then throughout all of that, you know, we believe that, you know, women and men are the foundation. We can't do anything without each other. And so all of our packaging is named after women because it's all women that have inspired me. And so our brand is really about the social impact is, you know, putting money on the books. If my parents didn't have the means to send me a hundred dollars a week, you know, I wouldn't been able to be in the penal system to buy basic necessities and basic necessities are toothbrush, toothpaste, you know, toilet paper, you know, things of that nature. Right. And so, and, and, and so that's what our, our whole social impact is about, about, you know, putting money on the books for men and women in the penal system. And so that's how that whole number came about. And, you know, we were in Seoul Korea in this hotel and 
I saw all these numbers scattered on the wall. And I was like, wouldn't it be so fucking cool to put my prison number on the package? And that's how I came about. And that is an interesting story. I You wove in a lot of touch points there that are timely in addition to interesting at large. But I just launched the episode today. So this this recording isn't live for those who aren't listening. You know that this has been done a couple of days ago, but this will be live soon or uh, aired soon. What was just aired on 9-9-2020 was an interview with Thalia Tejada, who is a creative genius as well. And we got to know each other through our work on the Imagine Bus Project, which is a nonprofit dedicated to men, in in particular men, but also started working with some girls too, but in juvenile hall and teaching them, giving them art as a form of creative expression and part of their extracurriculars that they have anyway in prison, but trying to really cultivate and harness that self expression and discovery and going deeper so that there could be some restoration and there could be some coming clean, as you say, in terms of turning your life around when you get out of juvenile hall. Juvenile hall, in my opinion, is just fundamentally wrong. We shouldn't be having little kids with developing minds locked up in prison cells. There's There's no learning that happens in that way. So I appreciate your story. Are you comfortable diving a little deeper into that? Tell me about what happened, like what came out of this? You know, going to prison at that young age was the most scary thing that I've ever, ever, ever experienced. So that's why I really have no connection or emotion to a lot of things because I've endured that. You know, I've seen things that most young men and most people would never, ever see in their lifetime. You know, I understand so much, like even today, like my sensitivity, I'm heightened. Like I see things where most people don't see. I understand things where most people don't see. You know, I remember my cellmate told me, when I was in there, they used to call me young blood. And he would say, you know, young blood, you have an opportunity to build something with your life. He said, you have this magnetic energy, this power, go do something great. And he said, it may take you some time, but go do something great. And, you know, he said, if you study the same people in here, they're the same people out there. And so I know how to read people's energy very quickly and I know how to navigate things so quickly. And so prison was really my MBA is the greatest experience I could have ever had in my life. Wow. That's an interesting perspective. Through hardship comes perseverance and grit and learning. So it sounds like you you really took that that horrible experience and capitalized on it. Yeah, it was the greatest thing that happened to me. It was the greatest thing that happened. I, I talk about that too with, you know, in intimate conversations also is that I've had some really traumatic experiences, just like really every single human has as part of the human condition is to have some trauma and trauma and it impacts all of us differently. But if you can stay awake and be mindful that when you turn that corner, you can see the difference between where I was and where I am and where I'm going and you can use it as alchemy to transform and move and shake. And, and I love that. And for the listeners, Troy and I, we just met on the beach the other day with you know an awesome serendipitous moment. We were celebrating a birthday. You were on a vacation and we just connected. Our groups just connected. We gave a socially distanced <laughs> cheers and chatted and you know, I remember when I was I was chatting with one person at the party, but I overheard the other person ask you to take your sunglasses off. She said, 
know, you're such a beautiful human Aww. and I'm loving what you're saying, but I want to see your eyes because I really want to connect with you. Aww, and I just overheard it and I thought, wow, what an interesting thing to say and to do to ask somebody to, to be more revealing and more authentic, even though we were in the sun, but to just ask you to be in discomfort so that she could get to know you better. And what an interesting ask. Yes, that was. It was beautiful. The request was granted. How did that feel for you, for somebody to ask you to take off your sunglasses so they could see your eyes? Well, you know, that, that felt wonderful. I felt that there was a true connection. I felt that it was just a, it was just pure and I just really enjoyed it. And I was very like accommodating. Let's go. Let's, this is who I am. This is me. Yeah. yeah. You're a connector. Yeah. You've got that spark and that magic. Thank you very much. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's nice to be around somebody like you. Oh, bless you, girl. Yeah, and you too. I think that, you know, in terms of what I want to talk about in this podcast, the podcast is all about creating community for good. You are clearly dedicated to that through a for-profit business. So a lot of folks that are listening to this, they might be either nonprofit executives or their board members or their program operators in the nonprofit space. But my goal with the podcast is to really expand beyond the nonprofit sector because I want to share lessons learned from the for-profit, public, private. We have a lot to learn from each other. And it's really the through-line thread is people who are trying to grow, evolve, share insights, share joyfulness, share humor and comedy, and then some strategies and tactics. So something I talk about in terms of capital campaigns, I know you're right, raising capital right now too for your um, business as a startup. So in capital campaigns for nonprofits, we talk about the four pillars. One is your leadership structure. Then it's your case for support. Then it's your prospective donors or funders. And then finally, okay, what's the plan? How are we going to get it done? What are the benchmarks? And I like how when you opened up this conversation, you actually went through all of those. You started with, okay, here's the scenario. Here's the why. Who's behind it? Did all sorts of name dropping. And it was just kind of a quick flow. It was a beautiful pitch to just say, here's the, here's the picture. Now, what do you want to know more about? So I would just say that for those listening, like that's a good model to hear how to engage somebody and, and just sprinkle enough in this elevator pitch that the audience can then say, Oh, really? How interesting that you've got Snoop or whatever is there, whatever catches their imagination. If I were to ask you to distill, I'm going to borrow a tactic from your young camp who's got a beautiful, he's a journalist and he's awesome. His strategy is what's your problem? Then what's your solution? So tell me, what's your problem, Troy? You know, that's a great question. My problem is there hasn't been any education for men to understand how to take care of themselves. Okay. And if you look at society as a whole, you know, I remember when I wrote an article on at the New York Times, and it was really about we're all personal brands, right? So, and now we're realizing that people are like, oh, I am a personal brand, right? So you got to look at the scenario like this. If you are five years old and your mom puts you in khakis, boat shoes, and a dress shirt, at five, when you're 15, you're going to look like that. When you're 30, you're going to look like that. And when you're 60, you're going to look like that, right? <laughs> so you've never had an opportunity. Khakis for life, that's a terrifying vision. But it is. You, you see what's happening. All we have to do is open our eyes. You know, the, 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 the greatest thing is, is people watching. And if you people watch, you begin to realize, see, we're so consumed with our devices. We're so consumed with everything else. But if you sit down in a park, and really watch people or you wherever you are and watch people, you will see that men are struggling. 
I look at them every day. So I know that's the problem. And our solution is to make them feel better about themselves, right? Because I am a man. And at 45 years old, if I, I feel good, so you know what? I'm going to treat my woman better. I'm going to treat my kids better. I'm going to treat my, myself better. Most importantly, I'm going to treat the world better as a whole. When a man is unhappy with himself, he treats everyone poorly. And it has nothing to do with wellness. It has nothing to do with all these catchphrases they're telling us to do. What it has to do is he has to be happy with himself. And if he's not happy with himself, everybody else is miserable. And that is the problem and the solution that we're coming at. We're teaching men that, you know, we believe that we can transcend the next generations of men to be better versions of themselves. Because right now we're at a tipping point that we can do that. Mm. And your vehicle is the product. But I love that. So you're using, it sounds like you're using the product to instill behavioral mentality shift. If you're taking care of your skin, if you're taking the moment to pause and look in the mirror and wash the day away and put on the lotion and then get into bed, or it's the reverse, if it's you know in the morning to start with a fresh, bright face and the point is that you're going through a cycle, right? It's a ritual and it's something that grounds a human to go through a ritual of the you know most intimate moments of coming into the world or going into your inner world of sleep. So I, I think that's a really interesting strategy, Trey. And I love how you've articulated also in some of the language that you've shared with me and what I've seen online is you're really harnessing the divine masculine, divine feminine in, in your energy or that's your hope, your ambition. Correct. Tell me more about that. Like, what do you know about the divine masculine, divine feminine? Well, you know, I, I've always had a love affair for women my whole life. And it's not nothing sexual like that. I, I just love to be around women because I fundamentally believe women are the greatest creatures on earth. That is, that's what I believe. I take that as a personal compliment. I'm thinking, oh, thank you. <laughs> I fundamentally love to be around women because women are the greatest creatures on earth. And for, for me, you know, our packaging is named after women and every package, every product that we have would be a woman's name. So if you look at society as a whole, this is society as a whole wants to keep dividing us, right? Is you, you either, there's a racial divide, there's a gay lesbian divide. There's so many divides, right? But we're all, we're all one people. And for me, you know, I, and I, and I use this analogy a lot. If I'm a gay man, and I have a husband, I still need a woman if I, have, if I want a child. If a woman is a lesbian, she still needs a man to have a child. So we're, why are we constantly dividing? You still need one or the other to do whatever objective you have. So why not just bring us all together? And that is what I mean by this, you know, women, I'm, I'm reading this book, the, the, the Magic of Believing. And so many women have built so many things that they get no credit for. And if you know Edward Bernays, Edward Bernays, he is the founder of public relations. And there's a great documentary called Century of Self. And Edward Bernays utilized his wife to kind of build these concepts and know how to speak and, 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 and get women to get on board with a lot of his behaviors. And we have to learn to just bring each other together and we have to learn to have love. and that through love and through understanding that we are all one people, but we can all do this together if we believe in one another. And that's the mission of our brand. Like, you know, there's not many brands out there that 
have female names. And we're a, we're a straight, masculine brand for all skin tones. And we're bringing the feminine energy into our brand because men love women. And just like I've spoken to a lot of women, women get dressed up for women. Men get dressed up for women. So why not have men, women's names to make men feel good? Because those names could resonate with these men to think, wow, the Melanie is, is my mother. I'm going to really look better, you know? So that's how you can play on a lot of that and, 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 and really help people come together. Interesting. I love that. That's super interesting psychology. I also want to go back to something you said that has continued to echo in my mind is the idea about confidence for men and how men are really struggling right now. And if you look around, you go to a park, you go to a business room. Well, we're not doing that right now. But as we see each other, we see men are suffering. And we see that there is a true, and not all men, no, but some are really suffering in a deep way to understand what am I supposed to be right now? Like, what do you want from me? You want me to be strong and a leader and tough and masculine, but then you also want me to be soft and sensitive and caring and intuitive. And you want me to take a back seat so you can take a front seat. And now how much is a lead? I think there's just so many mixed messages for men. Whereas for women, you're still getting the array of mixed messages, but it's more so like embrace the rainbow, embrace the spectrum. You can be all of this. You can be that Betty homemaker and that boss woman or whatever it may be. Gone are the days of the the virgin whore dichotomy for women. Gone are the days of the you know good girl, bad girl. And I mean, it's still there and it's part of our society that we've got to continue to break down those stigmas and those two typecasts. But I think for men, they have that even more and nobody's talking about it. And nobody's really providing a platform to say, all right, what does it look like to be a modern or evolved man? And how can you embrace both your your divine masculine of the strength and confidence, as well as your divine feminine inside of the strength and confidence that are coming and looking differently, right? I'm, I guess I'm just rambling a little bit, but I'm just exploring these ideas aloud. What are, what are your thoughts about that? No, you're, you're not actually rambling, right? You know, it's like this, you know, to be a man today requires a lot, right? Because it goes back to this. This is just my opinion. Men are taught through their mothers. So if you see and hear and observe various things through your mother, that is how you're going to portray your wife, your girlfriend, and those various things. And the reverse is for women. Women always have a tendency to, you know, want to be with a man that's like her father or opposite of her father. And, and, and so, you know, being a man is, is a great opportunity because you can practice love. You can practice patience. You can practice, most importantly, honesty. You know, as men, we need to learn how to be honest, right? And just, you know, tell it how it is. I remember I dated a girl back in the day and she would always say, you know, tell the woman the truth and allow her to make the decision. And I think a lot of men are fearful to tell women the truth or whomever they're around to tell the truth. And I think, you know, telling the truth, it, 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 it requires a vote of confidence mm. and men... Yeah don't know how to be confident, right? Because society is pushing so many things that women are doing this, women are doing this. And then men, you know, the ego and pride will destroy a man. And that is why a lot of relationships are in the gutter because men with ego and pride will destroy whatever they want to bring about. And once they learn to let go of those things, and that takes time, that takes time, right? We're all on this planet 
to make the next person better. And I think also it's not just about money. Men are so consumed with money because society dictates that we have to have a certain amount of money. But if you learn to love yourself, as we go back to early in our conversation and learn to feel good about yourself, the money and everything will follow. You know, I'm building this brand and I know what it takes because I've invested everything that I have in this, right? And I wake up happy every day. And I'm very excited to do this. And I live by this. And I want to just share and help men of all skin tones that we can be better versions of ourselves. Mm. I love that. There was a photo that you posted the other day of the ocean, just as you're walking in California here. And you said every single shade in this, in this photo, there's a, sh- a skin color for every shade of humanity. We're all God's children and we're all the same. And in a time of social unrest, in a time of Black Lives Matter, in a time of extreme scrutiny around what words we're saying, around behaviors, around our prejudice, around our discrimination, our biases, our unconscious biases, it's an interesting time to be alive. It's an interesting time to talk about skin and race relations. What is your take on the race relations? And, you know, what's going on in society right now? Not a big question, just a little light, you know. You know, Elle, that's a, that's a great question, you know. We have to, when you drive down, we have to have cocktails and continue this, okay? Well, let's do it. I want to get to know you better. This is really interesting. I can't wait mm-hmm. either. Uh, me too. So there's a two answer to this question. I'm a student of life. And I was always told, question everything. And everything that I hear, everything that I see, I don't always believe it. And I think, you know, after watching that documentary, Century of Self, and you learn how Edward Bernays used propaganda to mindfuck the world, you begin to realize that the same tactics that were used in the 20s are the same tactics that are used today. And I think when people start to educate themselves about these certain organizations, they will be their eyes will be open to so many things. Look, I know that I am a man of color. You can't deny that. You can't, I can't run from that. But at the end of the day, I show kindness to everyone. Because if I cut my arm and you cut your arm, the blood is going to come out the same color. And yes, do I want to support and help my people? Absolutely. And, I, and, I, and that is one thing that I want to do because, you know, when I was in, in the penal system, I saw a lot of people that looked like me because I understand that it is is a design system. And that is what it is, right? There's books that people must read to educate themselves. You know, we walk with a handheld computer every day. And if people really want information, they can find it. And so I believe in God. I've always believed in God. And I don't put my beliefs on anyone. But I know that we're all God's people. And I know that I'm not divided. I'm not divided. I understand that, you know, Black people and people of color have had the hardest times, but also if you do your history, you know, white people have had hard times too, right? We've all had hard times, but society is always going to show that 14% of the population, especially in America, because black people are like 13, 14% of the population, there's all so much uproar with that, right? So that lets me know that there's a racial divide, that they want to divide that when we're only 13, 14% of the population. Like, come on, let's be serious here, you know? And then as a black person, you know, No one talks about the killings amongst our people, right? We're killing ourselves at an alarming rate faster than a cop kills us. 
but the media is always going to portray a white cop killing a black person, then people get an uproar and then that continues to divide. It's, it's a design system. And once people really understand that it's a design system, they would be better off. And that's more when we have some drinks so you can really get deep. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to go deep over coffee, cocktails, or walks, Done. whatever. That's the point, Done. right? I think it's like, hey, let's just live our, let's live our most dynamic and raw and authentic selves so that we can really get through the process of being human and get some enlightenment. Come down tomorrow, Friday, and let's, let's, let's have drinks and get deep. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so for the podcast then, since we'll, we'll reserve some more of that for the next episode. I know my listeners want to know. But for now, let's talk about strategies. Are you cool with like shifting out of our emotional, spiritual, human experience into like the business? Yeah, let's get down to it. Okay, so let's talk about so how much you want to raise and how are you doing it? So I am raising 2.5 million and either equity or, you know, probably a little bit of convertible notes and equity. So let's talk about convertible notes and equity. Just give baseline definitions because not everybody in my community is going to have those kinds of terminology. Oh, okay. Equity basically is, you know, you given a percentage of your company, you know, just, you know, straight equity. Ownership. Yeah. yeah ownership. So you put in money and you get out shares or you get out your uh, designation. Exactly. And, and convertible note is really like the, the, the safest way that you can, you know, work with your investor. And eventually after, you know, you start to get a profit, they can get equity through that note. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are the vehicles in which you're receiving the investments. And so you want 2.5 million. And so how many investors do you need to pitch in order to secure that 2.5? What's your take on that approach? You know, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I was in Central Park and June 1st, and I was just really kind of like, so I love to talk to myself and I love to speak things into the universe because that's who I am. I've always been that way. So you're walking around the streets just talking that we're not going to think you're crazy. We're just thinking. No, no, no. I, 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 I <laughs> you know, the great, the great minds love to speak things into the universe. Yeah. Right? And embrace crazy. Exactly. And embrace <laughs> crazy. I'm, I'm a little crazy. <laughs> No, so I believe fundamentally that we can raise this with one person or max two. Okay, so you're really looking for a few major fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't need twelve. I don't need twelve people in the kitchen. I fundamentally believe. Look, as I said, when I in, in, in Central Park, it was June first, and I had this idea. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to move this business forward? What do I need to do? Because during COVID, you know, a startup, we were stagnant. And, you know, I was like, okay, I came up with this idea to cold call people. And there's a site called Crunchbase. And if you know anything about investment people, there's a site called Crunchbase. And you can find anything and everything, anybody's email, whoever's raising money, you can get their information there. And you pay for it and you get access to everything. And so I paid for it. And then I started to, I, you know, being a journalist, I come, you know, came up with this, this email and I cold called like 200 people and they all got back to me. Wow. And I've had conversations. I just had a conversation yesterday with uh, Unilever Ventures. I just had a conversation with a gentleman out of Atlanta today who is so incredible and such a blessing, white Jewish guy. And we just connected and he was like, look, I want to help you in any way I can. I love your story. 
I love your passion. I love your drive. So I fundamentally believe that the universe will give you whatever you want. You just have to stay dedicated. You just have to stay focused to it. And just looking at you, I just met you. You're in a beautiful soul. You're an incredible human being. You never know what life can bring you and I. And so it's a blessing to meet you. And so, yeah, I believe that we will have the money. I believe that, you know, we will have a small amount of investors to do this. First of all, thank you. And the feeling is mutual. And second, very interesting strategy and perspectives, very different from a nonprofit strategy. We do talk about major gifts being the big whoppers, the big fish that move the needle and hopefully help you to raise close to a third or 50% of your overall goal, sometimes even into the 60 and 70%. And then we start looking at opening it up to the wider population. So we talk about a triangle and how, like it or not, the big money usually is making up the the largest percentage. So maybe it's your it's your seven to fifteen percent of your donors are making up seventy to ninety percent of your philanthropic funding need, and then the rest is made up with the the community. But what's really different about what your your angle and strategy and nonprofits is that. Those who are pitching in and investing, they're actually going to take ownership, which is, you know, we want for in nonprofit space, we want for our donors to feel a sense of ownership, but we also want to maintain the the vision and leadership and management of the organization exclusively within the organization for people who are professionally committed to manage and structures. There's no real there's no equity concept unless you're a board member, in which case you're actually managing the whole nonprofit. So our executive directors report to board members. Board members are comprised of volunteers. So it's an interesting comparing and contrasting, whereas you know, we would probably say in nonprofit space, hey, it's good to have a few of those major gifts, those big whoppers, but you need to have the community behind you as well in order to continue to fill the pipeline because there's a constant need for fundraising. And that's the system of nonprofits is that it's not going to be, there's not going to be a huge revenue generation. And that's why they're tax exempt is because they're doing something that the government can't otherwise do, but is validated as a critical part of society. When we do our nonprofit, I want you to run it. So yeah. that's <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, seriously, that's something that we want to do. So, you know, that's more offline we can chat about. Yeah, but, I'm interested you know. in hearing about that. Are you thinking like a percentage of proceeds or how have you started to think about societal contributions? You know, yes, definitely a percentage of proceeds. So we're looking at that, you know, what we need to do to partner with some, some, some Pino, you know, organizations to really kind of leverage that. So that's something that we want to do. And so, you know, you look at the universe. I met you, you understand that. So that's, you know, you just never know. Yeah. Interesting. That's great. Have you ever contributed to a nonprofit personally? I have not. No, I have not. All right. What would, what would it take? to convince you to give your money out to a nonprofit for free. No equity, no no kickbacks. I have to believe in the cause. I have to fundamentally believe in the cause. And all right, so what causes are most compelling to you? Would you say it has to do with the juvenile or even adult penal system, the prison system? Correct, yep. That's something that I'm very passionate about. Helping men and women when they come out of prison, you know, helping them with jobs, helping them with, you know, how to dress, yep, integration, all of those things. That's what I'm very passionate about because, you know, if I didn't have the means, I was a very fortunate young man. My parents had the means. So I came out, I knew to finish going to school. I knew to go to community college. I knew the things already because 
I was taught those things already. And so there are a lot of people that don't have that, those resources that I had. They don't have that, that vision or mentor of expectations or that's what we, you're going to do because that's what we did. Yeah. But you know, I, I had, I had, I had two years to really sit back and think. And so I journaled every day. I prayed every day. I went to church and I got my mind right. And so I knew what I wanted to do. And if you sit looking at a cell in bars all day, you will begin to start dreaming. And I became a big dreamer and I've been, and I've been dreaming ever since I dream about everything. What made you different than your next cellmate? And how come you never went back and now you're trying to change the trajectory of your life and lives all around you? In fact, lives you don't even know with this product. You're trying to change human beings fundamentally. You know, I was very blessed because when I was there, it felt like I was protected and the right people came in my life when I was there at the right time. And said things to me because they knew that I, I was, I had something. And my cellmate, you know, he was doing 45 years. So he, he wasn't coming out no time soon. And so all he did was just instill some language into me and got me right mentally. And then, you know, I started to transform and I started to believe and I started to journal and I started to understand more about life. And I started to read and, you know, I just started to dream and I just became secure with myself and I wanted more. And when you want more out of life, more comes to you if you believe that. And I believe that. I don't want for anything. I actually don't want for anything. I know that God is going to provide everything that I need. And for me, I want to just help people. You know, I listened to this guy. His name is Napoleon Hill and he wrote this book, Think and Grow Rich. And he said, you know, we're all on this earth to make the next person better. And yes, I understand for me fundamentally in the climate of the world that we live in, I am a black man. And my cellmate told me when I was there, he said, young blood, you have to do something before they listen to you. And you haven't done anything yet. Go do something and the world will listen to you because you have a powerful voice. And so this is what I'm doing. I'm going to build this and I'm going to give it all away because that's what I want to do. I want to build this, become massive and give all my money away. And then I'm going to the grave and I'm good. <laughs> that's beautiful, Troy. I'm going to challenge you right now on the spot. Okay, go ahead. I challenge you to integrate one slide on your pitch deck that you give to investors and integrate it into the bylaws of your company that says you will begin to distribute 1% of your total profits from the first dollar that you earn to a nonprofit of your choosing. Done. Done? Done. Do we have a high five, virtual high five handshake? Dang, it's in. And then then we have a toast this week. All right, let's do it. No, I'm I'm serious. I'm about action. I'm action. Oh, me too. Hey, that's why we're on this call. We just met. So, Troy, I have one last question for you. Yes, please. Actually, I'm going to give you two. This is great. Keep going. Okay, cool. So, what gives you hope? God. That's it. Period. Period. (laughs) Right on. Okay, next question is, if you want to shine light on one thing, whether it's a nonprofit like we've been talking about, or it's an idea, it's a human who inspired you, it's a movement 
what would you shine light on? You want everybody who's listening to hear it and see it and think about it. What would you put the light on? We need to be, we need to be mindful and learn to put ourselves in other people's shoes and understand that you don't know what it took for that individual to get where they need to get to or why they're in that position. And shine light on, we shouldn't be envious and jealous of people. We should lead with love and we should lead with wanting to make every opportunity that you have on this earth better. You know, Nipsey Hussle said this really great quote, and I'm a huge fan of his, and I've listened to a lot of his YouTubes now that he's, you know, passed on. You know, every day you got to give it all. I mean, I wake up at four o'clock, no matter where I'm at in the world. I read my newspapers, I journal, I meditate, I pray, and I give it my all. And I go to bed whenever I decide to go to bed, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, I give it my all. Because if I were to die, I want to know that I gave it my all. And more, I want to shine light that more people need to give it their all and learn to stay out of their minds. Because this is a very terrible thing. This will make you do things you don't want to do. And you would tell yourself things you don't need to do. And you have to tell yourself nothing but positive things, right? There's, there's two types of mind. There's two minds. You know, you have the subconscious and you have the conscious. That's it. That's it. And you learn how to control those. You can be a very wonderful human being. Mm, I love that. I love that. What question haven't I asked you that I should have asked you? Wow. I think you've asked all the questions. You're a great interviewer. Thank you. Well, this was a really enjoyable conversation. I'm very inspired by you, Troy. I'm inspired by how you are as a human in the world and how you think about having impact on others and how you create community through thinking about mentality shifts and open hearts and bright eyes. So thank you for what you're doing. And I, I really do send you a lot of good luck and good vibes and love. And thank you. can't wait to see where the journey takes us. Thank you. New friends. Thank you. Namaste. Love you, girl. <laughs> love to you too. With this latest valuable episode, we'd love to thank you for joining us on the Creating Community for Good podcast. If you found today's show valuable, simply visit our website, creatingcommunityforgood.com to leave a review as well as to get access to additional resources and relevant links from this show. Stay tuned for more episodes.